Have you ever heard these verses before? <laughs> Where have you heard these verses before? Oh, weddings, yes, absolutely, weddings. Does anybody know what this uh, chapter is referred to? Yeah, the love chapter. I always say it funny like that. You don't have to say it my way, but I always say it that way. I don't know why I started doing that. <clears throat> it's a love chapter. There you go. That's what it's so familiar for, especially in weddings. It seems a bit obvious, doesn't it, to hear a sermon about love from a pastor on a Sunday morning. It's almost a bit too simplistic, even. Yet here we are, this morning's lectionary text, focusing on that very word, love. So let's see what's in store for us today, shall we? See if we can still be challenged by this familiar text that speaks of love. The familiar may bring lovely memories to us of weddings, of beautiful settings. I think of the last time I've spoken this in a service. It was a wedding not too long ago. I think of a lovely couple in this very space, Joe and Chris, and their wedding, and those words of love. And they bring to me a, a smile and joy and that shared love, and the support of our church sharing that. They also, for you, may bring to mind disappointment, broken promises, whatever your journey may be. Those words don't always bring happy feelings, but we do have memories around them. You see, I fear that the familiarity may dull the significance of this text. Now, Paul is writing these words to give us a little context. He's writing these words about love to a conflicted church in Corinth. He's attempting, with these words of love, to bring peace, to even attempt to educate the Corinthian church about God's love. You may remember that Corinth was a bustling city. It was known for its excesses, also known for its great disparity between the rich and the poor and how they existed together, if they could exist together. As a matter of fact, um, there was a a little phrase in Rome uh, that, that was something like this. If you, were, um, if you were acting badly or excessively, someone might say to you, you're acting like a Corinthian. And that wasn't a good thing. You're such a Corinthian was a little phrase. So that gives you a feel for what the city of Corinth was like. And this is where we find the church in Corinth. You see, folks had committed to this new way of living, but it was awfully hard for them not to bring into the church their past lives. 
And so they struggled with this new way of being within themselves and also with one another. And as part of that, there was so many conflicts between them. Church bickers. Imagine that. (laughs) And even though this is used so often, this text, in the context of romantic love, it's actually written about God's love. We talked about this at our Tuesday morning sermon starters, and I immediately thought of this in the context of romantic love, and I had to be reminded that this actually is not about that, even though we use it that way so often. It's really talking about agape love. And every instance of the word love in this text, every single one is from the Greek word agape, which is God's love. Not the word eros, which is more of a romantic love. So significant for us to get that, that this is about how God loves us and how God teaches us to love. Again, it's not an unfamiliar idea, conflict in the church. And and I'm not necessarily talking about within this church, though absolutely, because we're all people and we have different opinions and those things happen and that's life. And we do our best to resolve those in good healthy ways, but I'm talking about even the big C church. Conflict within the church. Certainly, we are familiar with that idea and that concept. It seems actually more of the norm than the exception, and we don't like that, but it's important for us to understand that that is part of living in this world and this society. But here is the good news. There is hope in this text. So much hope. Because Paul's words, if we allow them to, can bring so much healing. I think of it this way. It's, it, this text is, is a bit like a healing balm. I'm going to spell that so you understand what I just said. (laughs) I did not say balm. (laughs) A healing balm, B-A-L-M. You know the idea of a healing balm? Oh, it's the idea of like something like a a lovely lotion that that eases our, our horribly dry, cracked skin. Like something, just a balm that washes over us, that brings comfort. Or, Or... Uh, I I think of these words possibly like a really good cup of nice cold water on a hot, hot day. Or how about we flip that around right now (laughs) in the season we're in? A nice cup of warm cocoa or coffee or tea on a cold, cold Ohio day. But something that just comforts us and brings some sort of calmness and peace. We need to allow ourselves today, if we can, to hear this text again and be amazed by these words all over again, not get caught up in the familiar. Let me share with you this little phrase that I 
read this week while preparing for this morning. I don't usually share things like this. I usually work them into my sermons. But I thought this was really good advice, and I wanted you to hear this advice. This is from a theologian. This love, then, is described in some of the most beautiful verses in the whole Bible. As a preacher, you could do worse than to simply read and reread and then reread these verses again as your sermon. <laughs> Let people hear them. Let these words wash over the consciousness of the gathered body. Let this image of love and of loving reorient our thinking. Until we long to live out this image of love in our everyday lives. Isn't that beautiful? Allow this to wash over us. Even though the words are so, so familiar, have we heard them so often that they lost their power over us? To amaze us? To shift us? Have we heard them too often? Because Paul says this, without love, I am nothing. Ooh, I hear that. I feel that. Without love, Becky Pyatt is nothing. Ooh. That is a challenge from the scripture today. We can stand in the certainty of this text that love makes all of the difference. There is a new way for us to approach our lives. There is a new way of being alive in this world, a new way of seeing it and everyone in it through the lens of love. And you may have heard this before, but you need to hear it again, and so do I. Love transforms us. This is the most excellent way, and it will remain so. Let me share with you this morning a little bit of a confession. I've not shared this with the congregation before except this morning at 9 o'clock. <laughs> the most criticized I have been as a pastor, most criticized, I don't like to tell you that. You want to know why? I want you to know all the good stuff about me. <laughs> I want you to hear all the best parts of me. But I have been criticized, certainly. You can't miss out on that after a few years of ministry. <laughs> But let me tell you what I've been the most criticized for. Love. Absolutely. Talking too much about love. Expressing to too many about love. Being what some people refer to as too sweet and too nice. <laughs> because somehow, folks have misunderstood my kindness to be naivete 
or even a lack of intelligence. And that is not true, dear friends. That's not what love is. Love is challenging. But I have made a decision, and I made it years and years and years ago. The first part of the decision is this. I am Becky, (laughs) and I know who that is, and I don't want to be anybody else. I know how to be me. So that's number one. But number two is this. If I will err, which I certainly will do, I will always err on the side of love. Always. I will err on being inclusive. I will err on caring for you. I will err on loving. That's the choice I make. I had a colleague, a clergy friend, who I'm still friends with, by the way, who used to say to me many, many years ago, oh, you know that person, Becky. They're just ooey-gooey Jesus people. And I remember thinking, I was very young at that point in, in ministry, and I remember thinking, what does that mean? Ooey gooey Jesus people. And uh, I, kinda, I think now I do understand that a little bit more. And I've wondered once or twice if my colleague would maybe even refer to me that way these days. <laughs> and I've smiled thinking about that, because um, I'm really not very ooey or gooey. <laughs> but you know what? I'm Okay even to be thought of that way if it's because I chose to love. Yeah. Call me what you will. I love. And I will continue to love with all my heart, even though it is really challenging. This idea of love that we hear in 1 Corinthians 13 is something that we strive towards. Every time I use this in a wedding, I, I, I share this scripture, which by the way, I, I believe I have it pretty much memorized at this point because I've said it so many times. And, and even though that, that's the truth, I, I look at the couple and I, I say, now I just need to say to you that I'm not waving a magic wand over you and you're not going to walk out of here and I'll automatically be like really like not rude or not selfish at all or not want your own way or, you know, you're not going to, I'm not making, you're going to bicker because that's life together. But these are the highest goals for us. These are the things we look to strive towards to be patient be kind, not to be arrogant or even rude, to not insist on our own way. And friends, here's one of the greatest challenges that I find even these days in loving. There are times that we look across the pew. I'm using this kind of as a bigger analogy to the Big C Church. We look across the aisle and we see folks that we really don't agree with. And I'm not telling you that love says don't care about justice. I don't believe that. But love does say that I'm willing to sit down 
with you, even though I disagree, if you're willing to sit down with me and let's talk about it. And even when we decide to go our different ways, which is happening, (laughs) even then, I can still hold love in my heart. Now, friends, that's a challenge. Love is not always easy, but love is good. Without love, I'm nothing. And so today is a challenging message. We thought maybe we were going to get off easy, right, hearing a whole message about love today from 1 Corinthians. But this really, really challenges me, and I hope it challenges you. The last portion of this text says this. These three abide, faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. So this is what I hope for you over the next week or two weeks or so. Take some time, will you, to do what the theologian that I shared with you, those words earlier, do what that theologian suggested. Listen to this text over again. One of the resources that I use regularly in preparing for sermons these days is I get online and I listen to the text out loud. It's just good practice. Because frankly, I can read it and I see certain things, but when I hear it, even though I've heard it over and over again, even though I haven't memorized, I still hear different things when I listen to it. And the Holy Spirit works in me in a different way. And so I encourage you, listen to these words again. Be reminded of love. The greatest of these is love. Thanks be to God. Amen.